I think at some point I thought, I'm gonna be an artist, but I'm gonna live a reality-based life, right? And I accepted things like the fact that in Canada, you have to fill out a lot of forms. This is my dad doing his burlesque stuff. I'm doing his stuff in drag. And then, I, of course, the other thing about the cultural world is the hype that you know is bullshit. Like, who would believe their own advertising? Because that's what artists do. They do their own ads. I've had a double lung transplant almost exactly a year ago, on the 25th of November. And they take you by, this is Canada, they take you by a private plane, and then you get the lung transplant, you stay there for a couple of weeks, and then a jet brings you back. So it cost me $50 in cab fare to get a double lung transplant. I had this distinct delusion of looking at my donor who was dressed in fatigues and I immediately assumed he was a warlord. I thought, this can't be true because how could you be a warlord in Canada? Okay, you must be an ex-warlord. Like you moved to Canada, somehow you get a visa. This is great, warlord stuff. Mortality is always on my mind, but I never think it's a big deal. That 90% of the hospital was me on an iPhone. Yeah, this is the thing that most of it is boring. You know, if you want to have, start to be afraid of something, be afraid of nothing happening for 15 years. Joining us today on Moving Radio is Astron 6 alumni Adam Brooks, and he has a documentary screening as part of Cuff Docs in Calgary, and it's also streaming online. Adam directed and produced the documentary Cliff Portrait of an Artist. You can stream it at calgaryundergroundfilm.org from November 24th all the way through to the 28th for a very reasonable price. Or if you happen to be in Calgary, you can catch it at the Canadian premiere, that's right, first time in Canada, of Cliff Portrait of an Artist at the Globe Cinema in person or on November 28th at 11 a.m. Uh, Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. I got to tell you, my interest was piqued immediately. When I saw the topic of the film, I was fascinated. And then I was a little bit surprised. I was like, Adam Brooks? I'm like, now I'm definitely interested in this film, Cliff Portrait of an Artist. It's a documentary portrait of one of Winnipeg's most successful visual artists, Cliff Eland and who, with only months to live, receives a double lung transplant and a brand new lease on life. We've given them a little taste of what the doc is about. Maybe tell us how your documentary encompasses the fascinating life of Cliff Eland. Well, I don't know that it encompasses the entire life of Cliff Eland. I spent three years with him, followed him around with a camera, and uh, the, the whole premise from my point of view was that I was trying to understand how to be more like him. I wanted to learn his secrets to happiness and fearlessness, especially in the face of such terrible struggles. I mean, his lung, he has a very rare lung disease called uh, sarcoidosis, and only 5% of people with it lose their like lung ability to the point of requiring something like a, tra a, a transplant. So yeah, I just watched this guy go through the, this stuff and remain so happy and calm and so fearless that I, I really wanted to try to figure it out for myself, you know, because I feel like, I mean, maybe everybody has a lot they could learn from that, but I know I have a lot I could learn from that, that kind of thing. I don't think any film could sum up anybody's whole life, but it's, it's really my relationship with him as much as I could try to encapsulate what he taught me it's so I could share it with everyone else. 
you know, in a story like this, you're kind of balancing the admirable qualities about Cliff from his unique three by five work, which has permanent displays in uh, a couple of museums across Canada and Winnipeg, also in the East Coast where he's from. And, and just how nurturing of a person Cliff is, not just necessarily to artists, but to people around him. And what you just talked about, too, is how he approaches the fragility of his own life. So it's got to be a difficult thing to balance in a documentary that really serves the topic and the person in a running time that comes under an hour. How do you, how do you end up balancing a lot of that in, in serve Cliff in the way that you want to, or maybe that's an impossible feat. I do think it is an impossible feat to try to put it, get everything in there. And so I don't worry about balancing it. I mean, this is a very, um, one-sided in terms of it's my point of view and so I went with what's important to me I don't spend a lot of time teaching you about Cliff in terms of his relevance to Canadian art you can google that (laughs) so when you see the doc it's maybe a minute spent explaining who he is and, and what he does maybe a couple more minutes but it's not my priority my priority is to introduce him to you as the person that I know and uh and so I make those choices with uh, enormous bias. (laughs) It's really uh, what is interesting to me. And uh, you have to draw the line somewhere when you're doing something like this, because you can go on forever, you know, but I'm trying to make something short enough that people will watch it. (laughs) I mean, I have hundreds of hours of footage. Yeah, there's choices you have to make. And uh, I, I decide not to go into everything. I'm also kind of, bored by a lot of biopic and uh, especially these days it seems like there's just too much content being made and people are kind of pumping out these little documentary bios about different people and I feel like they're pumping them out with no real investment or passion or emotion it's just kind of something you can get your a-roll and your b-roll and you can often shoot a long interview in one day and you've got everything you need to tell make one of these things but I really wanted to see if spending a couple of years around the guy would bear any greater fruit. We're speaking today to uh, producer director Adam Brooks about the documentary film Cliff Portrait of an Artist. You can stream it at calgaryundergroundfilm.org as part of Cuff Docs from November 24th all the way through to November 28th for a very reasonable price. Or if you happen to be in Calgary, catch the Canadian premiere of Cliff Portrait of an Artist at the Globe Cinema in person on November 28th at 11 a.m. One of the things you just referenced before was how you wanted to make this more maybe about um, your own relationship and your own reflections and, and maybe how you see Cliff. So maybe for somebody uninitiated about Cliff and, and who's thinking about seeing the film, tell us a little bit about him and what maybe are the things that, that you admire about him and what you think you learned about him from spending this time with him. Uh, I feel like I learned so much. I'm always learning from him in a weird way he's kind of a bizarre buddha figure in my life because like i mentioned before he seems to exist without any fear or anxiety and strangely we have an awful lot in common and intellectually and artistically we're pretty note for note but like i said like yeah in my own personal life i think anxiety is uh and fear is generally behind you know is at the wheel and in his life uh the opposite things I've learned from him I feel like I could go on and on but some of the things are stuff like pain is never what you 
what you're worried it will be or what you imagine it will be, it's never as bad, that it's very temporary. And to exist in a way like, uh, he suffered no illusions. You know, I, he says in the trailer uh, that he decided he wanted to be a reality-based artist. And he's not talking about, you know, a style of painting or something. He's talking about living in a world with no, where he doesn't lie to himself about anything, uh, about his mortality, about suffering you know like you're gonna suffer you're, you're gonna die you're gonna like bad things are gonna happen you're not necessarily gonna get things you want on and on but he managed to be happy through all that like i don't want to ruin all the <laughs> the pieces that are in the movie but how to be more like him and how to be more like that about everything because it seems to be the way to be and he's also just an incredibly generous dude you know, if you pass somebody on the street who needs money, he'll give them everything he has. <laughs> it's crazy. It's a, it's an insane way to be in some ways, but it's also, I just wish I knew more people in my life that were like that. You've talked about it already in the core. This film kind of deals with Cliff having a, a double lung transplant, which, you know, it sounds intense, but it is incredibly intense. You know, as I, I went through some stuff myself, and one of the things that was kind of the fallout from being sick and nearly dying was that I had to get a kidney transplant. So going through that experience myself, and when I looked at, you know, a chart that said, well, here's all the recovery times for all the different uh, processes that you have, like I was pretty low on, on the, uh, the ladder of like how long it's going to take for you to bounce back from that. So it's incredible his perspective about that. And I kind of understand elements of how Zen, he can be about appreciating life and, and what he's got and what he's been given. Um, and all these things that we hold so dear that they're really kind of temporary, but like Cliff takes it to another level, like you're talking about. So was that difficult to grasp for yourself? Or did you see this as kind of almost an exploration too, on top of this, of how to kind of like elevate yourself spiritually? Well, it was completely difficult for me to grasp, which is why I wanted to make the film. And But by the end of it, I think I've got some clues anyway, something to work with. But you're right. It's easy to talk about stuff like this. And it's easy to, to stand on an intellectual side about, about anything heavy in life and to say, you know, I understand. I know, you know, could go at any time. Everything's, I'm okay. Everything's, I'm okay with that. I understand that. But it's different when... Um, you know, I, fo I followed him into the hospital through many different procedures and biopsies and infections. And uh, he didn't waver about his position on any of this stuff. <laughs> He's, he meant it, you know, and he was remained happy. He's a very charming, charismatic fella. And his happiness is completely contagious. And that's why he is so beloved. I came away with it from it with a lot. But I sure went into it just full of questions. And really, yeah, I couldn't understand any of it because... To me, a hospital is a, kind of a nightmarish place. And I think for many people, we, a lot of us hold a lot of anxiety around uh, medical procedures and hospitals. And, and uh, this guy had none of that. <laughs> he didn't have any worries about anything. He's just about being happy. And uh, he's always told me he was, doesn't think he's ever been unhappy a day in his life. I feel like that's so hard to imagine, but it's so cool. I mean, it almost feels like one of those things where someone is saying it, but you're like, come on now, there's got to be underneath there something 
that's going on because I think even sometimes, you know, for myself, I'll try to, I'll try to make sure that I, I mask some of those things, not because I don't want to deal with it, but because sometimes you just don't want to talk about it necessarily or approach it because 90% of the time or more, you're feeling pretty good. So that's where I was kind of like, I mean, that's incredible to truly believe that all the time in your heart, like it's, it's kind of, you're right. The mind blowing thing, because it's a lot of trust. If you can unlock that, whether you're facing something, you know, deeply intense, uh, like life-threatening, that's really incredible. But if you can just do it on a daily basis, it's pretty incredible because we maximize a lot of the things that should be minimized. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. I, I'm 100% with you. And I'm also with you that, yeah, I was suspicious. Like, it's, come on, really? Like, really? No, I'll vouch for it. I'll vouch for everything. Everything good about Cliff, I'll vouch for. It's all true. If you want to find out what's true, about Cliff, you can definitely check out Adam Brooks's film, Cliff Portrait of the Artist. You should stream it on calgaryundergroundfilm.org if you don't happen to be in Calgary. Uh, you can do that from November 24th all the way through the 28th. Uh, or if you happen to be in Calgary, you can catch the Canadian premiere of Cliff, the Portrait of an Artist at the Globe Cinema in person on November 28th at 11 a.m. Adam, in 2002, you graduated from the University of Manitoba with a Bachelor of Fine Arts honors degree in painting. So what elements of being an artist has helped you enhance this, your process and maybe your vision as a director? It's all the same. It's all the same stuff. If you make stuff, you know, if you like making stuff, you, you probably will like making other things. I, a funny thing Cliff said to me was we were talking once about uh, terrible catastrophes and health problems and stuff. And I said something like, well, I, you know, if I ever went blind, I don't know what I would do. And he said, oh, you just become a musician and you just get obsessed with sounds. And that's what you do. You just make all kinds of different sounds. <laughs> and it was no, it was just like, no big deal. That's just, you'll just find a different way to make things. I think it's, you know, it's all the same. Just making stuff is the point. It's hard to make a living as a painter. So my backup plan was, uh, was to try movies, <laughs> which uh, was a very naive choice. I mean, there's no money in movies. Let's be clear about that. Or these kind of movies or even any other, anything I've ever been involved in. <laughs> so, but I mean, I met Cliff through uh, the University of Manitoba as, when I was getting my painting uh, degree. He was uh, on my thesis committee. That's when I met him about 20 years ago. I mean, the only way it really relates is that I'm, I'm just interested in art and I've always been interested in art. And so I would love to make a hundred more documentaries about artists that I like. It's a lot of work and I don't know if there's a market for it, but it's just cool to be around people that you are interested in and inspired by. Yeah. Do you feel like a, a, a project like this is tapped into something that maybe had just been a consideration for you before that that you felt like, you know, I, I would like to follow this? Or, or did you just feel like Cliff is the one person that, that made me want to do this? I would love to do documentaries about various artists, but I have no access to all sorts of artists, you know? I mean, I can, I can think of three or four artists I would love to make documentaries about. They don't live in Canada, and I've never met any of them. So the odds of making those documentaries are incredibly low. <laughs> yeah, this is a fellow who I knew, and... The truth is, the more I got to know him and the longer I got to know him, the more interesting he was to me and remains to this day. And will probably for the rest of my life, I feel like a changed person having known him. So what a what a great place to start. And if this is the only one I ever do, then there's no better person I could think of than uh, Cliff Eland. But yeah, I, I'd love to do more. 
I don't know if you're a fan, but the documentary Crumb is Cliff and I's favorite uh, art doc. And it's like unbeatable. It's so perfect. You kind of feel like you shouldn't bother making another one since Crumb exists. But regardless, there's still, there's a handful of artists I'd love to make more about. Well, don't worry. I'm sure there's going to be more than a few people who are going to appreciate the fact that you attempted to make a documentary about an artist, even though Crumb exists. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing. Uh, well, you know, one of the things that I am continually fascinated about a city like Winnipeg is that it has been such fertile ground for various different artists in a way that. I'm sure cities like, I'm sorry, Edmonton, Calgary are probably a little bit jealous of because um, it's a laundry list. And, uh, you know, I know you probably are too humble to include yourself on that, but you're part of that. So what do you think it is about Winnipeg in general? And, and I don't know, maybe Guy Madden summed it up best in my Winnipeg. But what do you think it is about like Winnipeg being fertile ground for artists like yourself or Cliff uh, and beyond? I don't know. I don't have a great answer for that. You know, people say things like it's because it's such got such long, horrible winters that we all stay indoors and have to find ways to uh, uh, entertain ourselves. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I agree there are a lot of great artists from here. I'm a fan of so many. The Royal Art Lodge was this group in the 90s, and, and in some way they still exist today, but I'm still so inspired by all of them. And they've all kind of separated and gone on to their own different careers. One of them, Drew Langlois, still makes cartoons. And uh, he animated a bunch of sections for this documentary. And it was really just kind of a dream come true for me to work with him because uh, I've been a fan of his since the mid-90s. Again, I remain a fan of his and, and people like Marcel Zama and, uh, and Marcel Zama's parents, Maurice and Jeanette, I'm a big fans of theirs and, and Holly Zama and Neil Farber. Basically anybody who is in the Art Lodge is pretty remarkable to me. And I love their work. And Cliff's a big fan of the Art Lodge too. I don't know what it is. I don't know something in the water or whatever, but there are a lot of cool artists from around here. But yeah, they all leave too. A lot of them. <laughs> a lot of them don't stay. And Cliff wasn't from Winnipeg, but yeah, Guy Madden, he's another one. You'd have to ask them, I guess. People that uh, I mentioned off the top, you were associated with Astron 6, obviously, and that's been a bulk of the work that maybe a lot of people are familiar with you with. But this film is a shift tonally, even though it kind of deviates slightly from, from maybe what people might associate with in regard to, you know, the work that they're familiar with with you. Um, how did you kind of prepare yourself for that? Was that refreshing for you to be able to break from that and, and be a little bit more independent about it? Or did you see it as a real gamble for yourself and something that you had to do? Well, I definitely didn't see it as a gamble. I don't think anybody cares enough for it to be a gamble. Well, the Astron 6 is, I'm a, I love Astron 6 I'm, and I'm proud of Astron 6. And I'm, I hope that, that there are more Astron 6 movies coming. But the thing about Astron 6 is we're five friends who just love movies. It's just kind of a weird coincidence that we've only made horror comedies. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we're limited to horror comedies. I think we're, I think we all agree that we'd like to make every kind of movie there is. We don't have the time and the resources, but we really would because we all are fans of every kind of, of, of film out there, every genre. And this was just something I could make. I have a young son and I, I was filming this when he was like one, two and three years old. So I didn't have much time. And this is something I could make 
in the background by myself. I didn't need a crew. I didn't need to rent locations. So it was, uh, it was just to keep me going some to work on something, you know, but yeah, this is not a horror comedy. So if you're tuning in because of the Astron six connection, uh, there is a lot of horror and comedy in it, I guess, because it's about life and death in a lot of ways. And there's definitely some good comedy because, but that's just because Cliff's a funny dude. It's it, none of it is contrived comedy. That's a weird place for me to stop speaking, but I don't know what else to say. That seems perfect for me. Adam Brooks has been our guest today on Moving Radio. He has a documentary screening as part of Cuff Docs. You should check it out. It's called Cliff Portrait of an Artist. We've been spending the last 15, 20 minutes talking about it. So, uh, you know, you should really be invested now. Stream it at calgaryundergroundfilm.org from November 28th, 24th to the 28th. And uh, if you happen to be in Calgary, catch the Canadian premiere of Cliff Portrait of an Artist at the Globe Cinema in person on November 28th at 11 a.m. Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and uh, and also about the film. Thank you so much for it. Uh, I encourage people to check it out. You know, you may think and minimize these things to be like, oh, it's not a big deal if I stream it or not. I think it always matters to the artists, especially uh, in a project like this. It's just really just taking its first couple steps. Um, it's only the second screening that you've had of this uh, publicly. So get out there and support not only Canadian film, but independent film uh, and just uh, a sweet guy like Adam Brooks. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, man.